0: Nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League, which enters into week four. The St. Louis Cardinals have finally lost a baseball game. Wasn't sure if we would get to the open of this show and have them still continuing to win. Wackiness, craziness, drama in the MLB wildcard races and a national championship team from a couple years back turns out stinks in college football. We'll get to all those things as we always do. And we start with the National Football League, which gives this Blue Jays Yankees game time to wrap up and we can collect our thoughts for what happened tonight. Clinch divisions, movement in the standings. This is a good time to be a baseball fan. I want to start with Al. Nothing is more old reporty than this story in the National Football League. Perhaps the most important story we'll get to tonight, and I got to get your thoughts on it. Super Bowl halftime show, Al. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. That seems right up your alley. I could just hear you when this was announced. Screaming in white planes, banging the pots and pans, like for the service members coming home from work at 7 o'clock at night. Excited? What do you think? Super Bowl halftime show. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Can't wait. Can't wait. I, the The Super Bowl halftime
1: show for me over the years has turned into you know a great break from the game, a great time to get up, stretch, all right, crack open a fresh beer, fresh snacks. Uh, you know, Springsteen a few years back, obviously my all-time favorite, artist pretty good at halftime. It's always a tough show, no matter who's doing it, to watch because you're pumped up for the game. If you have a rooting interest with the team, you're either you know, incredibly on edge because you don't know where the game is going, uh, you feel great because your team's in charge, or you're bummed out because your team's getting crushed. So you know, the last thing that's really on your mind is halftime, who's playing, paying attention to it. You know, you want to get up, you want to take a break. You want to get take a breath. You want to get refocused for the second half. Uh, that's for the people who care about the game. For the people who don't, who are watching it because they're at a Super Bowl party or watching it to see halftime, well, that's a different story. I hope they enjoy it. Everything day I'm on to a hill of beans for me, unless it's a particular favorite of mine, of which there are so few, performing. So for those Dr. Dre fans, Mary J. Bly, and of course the legendary Snoop Dogg, fellow Laker fan, I hope they enjoy that, I guess, how long, obviously Super Bowl halftime is longer than the standard halftime, but how long does the show itself
0: Actually, last about 20 minutes, ballpark. Yeah, I was going to 20 out? to 25, I think, is usually the ballpark. So right. they got to speed along. I mean, for Dr. Dre, he's collaborated with everyone involved with this, so they could just play back those hits. It's right. just an interesting age group, I guess you would say, because it's my well, generation of all, you, should be you should be impressed that I know all these people are. Absolutely, I am. Absolutely, I am. Very excited about it. But it's obviously not for your generation of fandom, and it's not for the younger folks because they probably know Snoop Dogg as the guy sometimes with Martha Stewart in the commercials, and Dr. Dre as the beach. You guy.
1: their Coronas. he's giving away Coronas, walking the beach.
0: Eminem Sitting on the beach with the Coronas. His daughter's in college already, so for the younger generation, they're going to learn, which is good. But I don't know how much that stuff's getting played. On the old TikTok machines, maybe leading up to the game, well, the younger kids not, will get into it.
1: Not right now, but these are you know, some legendary folks. So they need to be in there too,
0: and I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. I was excited to hear about it. Now, a lot of people would say it'd be greater 15, 20 years ago. We'll see whether or not they're wrong. Now, to the actual games, the stuff that you care about. The team that you care about, in fact. I had two picks in two survivor pools last week. And I don't know how they panned out the way they did. I'm expecting to lose both my picks this week because of how lucky I got. One of them was the Baltimore Ravens, graced by the leg of the best kicker in football history, Justin Thank Tucker. You. How are you feeling about the end result of that game, the nail bitingness of the game, and eking out a win, somewhat a miracle type of win? because of the third down miscue of the play clock. And then the longest field goal in NFL history to well, get don't your forget Ravens. The fourth
1: game. and long, but this, you know, and, and for those who didn't see the game, let's not be critical of Lamar unless you saw what happened. And if you saw what happened, you're still critical of Lamar. You're lost. Sure. No one's been more critical of him than I am. Uh, I, I call a spade a spade. I am not uh, afraid to call out his warts. When he makes moronic plays, he makes bad plays. Now he can turn chicken salad into you know, chicken shit into chicken salad, absolutely. But other times, he makes just terrible decisions that are game changing, game swaying. But against the hideous Lions, uh, the Ravens were in complete control of the game, and the game should have been a Hollywood Brown <laughs> legitimately dropped three touchdown passes. Legitimately, uh, two of which were on separate possessions, uh, two of which were in the same possession. One just before halftime, Sammy Watkins dropped uh, a touchdown. The Ravens literally should have been ahead by a minimum of three touchdowns. Instead, they were ahead sixteen to seven going into the fourth quarter. It should have been best-case scenario, thirty to seven, game over. Lo and behold, you turn around. It's 17-16. And I'm like, they're going to lose to the Lions? They're going to lose to the Lions? I think, well, you know, Lamar's mouth's been tremendous at pulling rabbits out of his hat. He's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, he's got fourth and a mile up his sleeve from inside his own 20 after a sack and and a loss. And lo and behold, only the Lions. Maybe the Jets. Maybe the Jets. Fourth and a half a mile, and there's Lamar back to pass. That panicking with time, and Sammy Watkins is wide open. And this one he actually catches to get them to the 45-yard line or thereabouts. Then you know I, I, they get a I'm, they got to get a couple more yards. They got to you know, can't rely on like a 60-plus-yard field goal. And they lose a couple yards, a, 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 spike, a spike. Play clock runs out. Play clock legitimately runs out, would have pushed it back five more yards. They don't call it. It was about a second, second and a half off. Lots of times they let that go, but this time they let it go too far. But, you know, still, you had them backed up for a fourth and a mile. And you gave it up. So I still thought they were going to throw a Hail Mary. But nope, out comes the best kicker ever born to try an all-time record-breaking 66-yard field goal. He said 65, he couldn't quite get it there in warm-ups. <laughs> Somehow, someway, with a little extra baby step, a little crow hop, because he said he had to get more leg into it. It was really like a kickoff. You just hope it goes straight. He blasts it, smack dab down the middle, off the crossbar, off the crossbar, a huge doink, high up into the net, and Justin Tucker has done it again. He's done it again. He did it to Detroit in seven or eight years ago on a Monday night game from a I believe 61. It's either 61 or 62. So now, it's old report time. The longest field goal for the longest time of all time was by the legendary club-footed kicker of the New Orleans Saints, Tom Dempsey, who approximately 50 years ago, in the early 70s, kicked a 63-yard field goal for the Saints at the gun to win the game against who? The Detroit Lions. Who did Justin Tucker beat, as I just said a few years ago, with a 60-plus yard view at the gun in Detroit? The Detroit Lions. Whose record did Justin Tucker just break? Matt Prater? I believe it was 64 yards at the gun a few years back to beat who? The Detroit Lions. It's remarkable. Still in rebuilding mode since 1958. Still one of the couple teams not to have gone to the Super Bowl, Cleveland Browns. They just invent ways to lose games. They had them at fourth and forever. They couldn't stop them. On fourth and long, they get a break, the Ravens do, and the Lions get a bad break on what should have been a delay of game. But despite all that, Justin Tucker still has to kick a 66-yard field goal at the gun, and he does. The Ravens pull it out of the fire. The Lions lose again. Justin Tucker, field goals under a minute to go in games, has never missed. Crazy. He is the simply the best kicker ever born. And what's the most amazing about him is that he does it, as I have said to anyone who will listen, a minimum of eleven games a year outside in the elements. Eight home games in Baltimore, road games in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Not exactly a, not exactly Miami, not exactly Tampa, Carolina. His outdoor venues are all, especially come November, December, incredibly difficult, cold weather, nasty, rain, snow. And yet, he just continues to astound. It's simply mind-boggling how great this guy is. He never ceases to amaze me. Now, look, he missed one. He missed the 49-yarder. So I do you make up for that? When he, when he misses a field goal, you're stunned. When he misses a field goal, it's news. When he misses a field goal, you're like, what just happened? How did that happen? He's simply beyond belief. And this is just another example of it. And now it's fitting that he holds the record for the longest field goal ever made and made under the most trying of circumstances.
0: When you were watching this live, did you know that he had hit the crossbar and then made it? Because my eye is playing tricks on me. When it hit the crossbar, my depth perception wasn't good enough. I thought it had hit like five yards back of the end zone and then the bounced net. and then fell into the end zone. No. It hit it hit the crossbar and then went up into the net. Yeah. From what and I look, saw, I thought it was going to be short and it it didn't even get to the end zone.
1: And look, I, I, I have supreme confidence in him. Like when he kicked the 61-yarder, 62-yarder, that one I thought he was going to make. I did not think he was going to, I did not think he was able to get it there. He was indoors. So that helps, but I did not think he was going to be able to get it there. That's a long freaking way. Crazy.
0: I figured it would be true, but I didn't think he'd get it. What a great way to cap it off, especially as they scoreboard watch and see that the team that they had previously beaten in a nail biting close game, exciting one, the Kansas city chiefs, one and two. You hate the to see place, it. The last place Kansas City Chiefs. The last place Kansas City Chiefs. You just hate to see it. It couldn't have happened to a better team and a better organization to see them lose again. This time to the Chargers. A respectable loss. Justin Herbert, his college coach, should be fined 50 Thousand every day for not using him properly when he was in college. $50,000. That's what I'm setting the number at because he is setting the league on fire and he's calm, cool, and collected while doing it. You didn't see this when he was in Oregon. No, you didn't. And this is year two and you expect a sophomore slump. There hasn't been yet. Nope. He's nope. been great and he took advantage of some key Kansas City Chiefs turnovers, the continued arrogance and cockiness of the Kansas City Chiefs reared its ugly head. Patrick Mahomes, no-look throws, interception. Wiring it down the field in triple coverage, interception. All those highlight reel plays that he deservedly so can complete, they're not going his way this thus far. And teams have taken advantage of it early. Sloppy. Sloppy is exactly right. Sloppy. You
1: must take care of the football. You can't get overly rambunctious. You can't pull every game out of the hat after you've given possessions away. You can't spend your life coming from behind in the National Football League. Sooner or later, it catches up to you. And right now, it's catching up to the Chiefs Because they are not taking care of the football. Patrick Mahomes is being careless, making some Lamar-esque, Jackson-like mistakes in big spots. He did it against the Ravens. He did it again last week. And look, he's a wonderful player. Off to a great start of his career been in three straight conference championships, gone to two Super Bowls, won one of them, lost one of them. I guess my question is this because you know, after a very short time, we heard from a few people, some of which one of which I have vast respect for, but who in his own subjective way somehow suggested that Patrick Mahomes was not only the best quarterback of the National Football League, but that Patrick Mahomes was virtually on his way to becoming the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Now, the old report always puts brakes on those kind of comments, whether it's in the NBA, the NFL, or Major League Baseball. Because when somebody's done it for two, three years, regardless of the success, it, it simply does not a career make. And you can say he's off to a great start. He has a chance if he keeps this up. But these blanket statements where we anoint players in any major sport as the greatest ever, a heartbeat into their careers, and I'm not talking about being a compiler. I'm not talking about being having a 20-year career. But can they play, you know, six, seven years before we anoint them? So that leads me to believe that I have the right to say to those same people, it may just be as likely that we've seen the best of Patrick Mahomes where we're going to sit. Because right now, it doesn't look like he's on the way to being the greatest quarterback ever. Terrific quarterback one of the best in football, but I can just as likely say that Patrick Mahomes is never going to, he may put up bigger numbers because the way the league evolves with offense, you can't help but put up bigger numbers because pretty soon you're not going to be able to ever to touch anybody. So the numbers always increase, but I can make the argument that you've seen the best Patrick Mahomes you're ever going to see because right now this is not the Patrick Mahomes we've seen two years ago. And quite frankly, in the two Super Bowls he played in, Patrick Mahomes was mediocre at best. He wasn't very good at all in the win against San Francisco, and granted, he was under a massive amount of pressure last year, and he was playing hurt, but he wasn't very good against Tampa. Remember how we raved about Russell Wilson and how great he was? Now, did we say he's on the verge of becoming the greatest quarterback of all time? No, but... Wilson went to a Super Bowl how long ago? And he won that Super Bowl. And then he went
0: back to a second Super Bowl how long ago? Oh, math is terrible. 2015? Russell Wilson, this is 2021. Russell
1: Wilson been to a Super Bowl since? No, he hasn't, has he? Has he been a close? It's hard to keep going back. It's hard to win conference championships. It's hard to win Super Bowls. It's hard to be the greatest of all time. Patrick Mahomes is a wonderful talent. They've got something great going in Kansas City, but with NFL free agency, with player movement, with injuries, with the growth of the game and the ability of defenses to adjust, which we see they're already doing against Kansas City, What are we seeing now? They're taking away Tariq Hill. They're taking away his favorite weapon. They're going to say, you want to know what? Whether, if Travis Kelsey's got to catch 20 balls and run 50 yards down the field, that's what we're going to make him do. If the fancy new running backs got to carry 25 times for 150 yards, that's what we're going to make him do. you want to throw one one of these other guys eight times, that's what we're going to make you do. But you know what we're not going to let you do? We're not going to let the speedster catch nine passes for 300 yards. It's not going to happen. We're keeping him in front of us. We're not letting him get deep. And when he catches it, we're knocking him down. We're going to make somebody else beat us. We're going to make you go down the field slower without making mistakes. And they're still scoring their points, but they have a battle within because so far, Their defense is putrid. The Kansas City defense can't stop a strong wind. So right now, the Kansas City offense's worst enemy is turnovers and their own defense. Because their defense is putting them back in that position where they almost have to score every time. And every time they make a mistake, it puts them further behind the eight ball. And the sloppier Patrick Mahomes gets, and the more careless he gets with the football— he puts his defense in a precarious position and he puts his offense in a precarious position. So he's got to clean it up. He's got to go back to paying mistake free and smart football. Again, every time you go back to pass does not have to result in a touchdown. He's forcing, he's trying to pull miracle plays out. Every time he's got pressure, it's like we said last week, possession that ends in a kick, it's not a bad thing. However, for their defense, you really don't want it to end in a punt. But uh, it's hard to stay on top in the National Football League. The other sports, it's easier because you don't have as much changeover, you don't have as much injury, and you don't have the ability to rise from the bottom to the top because of the schedule scenario. Schedules are fixed in the NBA. Schedules are pretty much fixed in the Major League Baseball. In the NFL, you've got these fluctuating schedules, you know, where you depending on what division you play out of conference matters. Depending on whether you play a first-place schedule, last-place schedule, it matters. And right now, Kansas City is struggling. Their defense is awful. It's been awful the entire season. And despite their terrific quarterback and all their weapons, they are making mistakes, giving up possessions, some of which are they're turning into uh, two-score turnovers, where they don't get one and the other team does. And they're one and two and in last place. In, I'm not going to call it the best division in football right now, which everybody to the on the bandwagon because you have two undefeated teams. I still think the best division in football is the NFC West. But you're three Broncos. That's three and out. Reyes.
0: There who'd, they sit. Who'd have thought? At one and two. The two are behind the two and one charge. You've got competition now. Two to deal with. Not to say that Tom Brady, en route to becoming the goat, didn't have competition to deal with. He had Peyton Manning to deal with, but not in the same not in the same division. You play him in the postseason once, maybe not twice a year. So now you've got in the same division Justin Herbert, and in the AFC in general, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow kid playing on. Thursday night football. Just through a touchdown, pass 21 all. I love Joe Burrow. You got to watch now to become the greatest of all time. People are nipping at your heels even more so now, and nobody's going to feel sorry for your ass if you're one and two. Everybody's going to try to beat you to a pulp every week. And we like like their coach, Andy Reid, terrific guy, guy.
1: great offensive mind. But their defense, you know, after – Spagnola turned it around for a short period of time.
0: They stink again. Tied for first, they stink allowing again. the most points per game in the National Football League at 31.7 with the Detroit Lions, shortly followed by 0.4 by the Atlanta Falcons. It's nice you sign Josh Gordon. He'll obviously be another weapon. I don't think that's necessary because the guy throwing the football makes weapons out of anyone. But can Josh Gordon stop the run? Can he pass rush? Is he good guarding anybody deep? What the hell does it matter? Jason. You add somebody else to your offense. Your defense is what stinks. It's nice you have Josh Gordon, not when you're allowing five touchdowns a game. So great move, but you're not dealing with the true problem, which has been the defense, and as you mentioned, the stupidity on offense. So it's nice to be able to kick them while they're down because we don't know how long that's going to last for. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. I don't really know if there were any huge major upsets aside from that or movements. You could, I guess, have argued for all the things that occurred is what I'm basically trying to say. Green Bay getting the better of the 49ers by two points. Seattle playing its typical game where they're just blah against a blah team. Terrible. They've been the same team now for a decade. It it feels like this game always happens. The Rams beating the bucks the first time around, not the biggest surprise in the world. Raiders miracle win in overtime against the dolphins. That was the second of my survivor pools. Just wanted to put that to bed for everybody that was on the edge of their seat. Pittsburgh looks like stinks. The Bears almost had less offense than you and I did on Sunday. So there's a couple red flags around the National Football League for sure. Well, the things
1: the thing that jumped out uh, to me about those two games that you mentioned at the top, as we talked about them last week, is that they were really the two marquee games. And the thing that jumped off the screen at me was that it, uh, the Rams, to me, clearly – were in charge of that game the entire time. And the, what I was most impressed with is their quarterback took the ball by the horns and he was in charge, complete command, and they never let Tampa Tom back in the game. They never got the ball down a score. They kept them at bay. They kept them at a distance. They never let them get a sniff. The defense braved a lot of yards, but they were behind the entire game. The defense was very impressive. Aaron Donald is. Look, Aaron Aaron Donald, you know, if he's able to pull this off a few more years, you know, we're in Merlin Olsen, uh, Bob Lilly. Means your Green territory. If he can pull this off for a few more years, he's he's a phenomenal player. He might be the best player in, in the league, but he, he's an incredible player. The Rams have a great deal of frontline talent. The better team, they dominated the game, and it showed in the final score. That was number one. Number two, we talked last week about how I was going to one more time go out there on the line to probably get my head handed to me and stick with the Packers against a team that has physically dominated. The Packers more than held their own. Yes, they pulled that game out late, but they were in control of that game for pretty much the entire game. Remember, they got stopped early on at the goal line where they went for a fourth and goal from the two uh, or else they would have led 24 to nothing. They were, in my mind, clearly the better team. Jimmy G played well. Not great, but he played well. He was solid. He had a bad turnover. where Whereas turning away from pressure, ball slipped out of his hand. And the Green Bay defense did a good job getting pressure, did a good job protecting Rodgers. They were able to run the ball. Remember, they'd be getting manhandled by San Francisco on both sides of the ball. When they've been playing them. And I thought they more than held their own. Which was a huge change for me. And a change for the positive. I mean to me right now. We're only three weeks in. It's just. Just. Right out of the box. But the two best teams. That I've seen so far. Clearly in the in, in the NFC. Clearly the Rams. And. I, I like. The way I know Green Bay has only beaten Detroit and then San Francisco, but I liked the way they beat San Francisco. I liked how that they, they ran the ball, they threw the ball, they protected their quarterback against the good defense, they put pressure on Garoppolo, they didn't give up, you know, they looked good against the run. And yes, they gave up the lead late, but Rodgers comes back with his 37 seconds, gets them in field goal range, and Crosby, who's been a terrific kicker for years, knocks his 50-plus yarder through with the gun, which was overshadowed, obviously, by Justin Tucker's kick, but that was also a great kick.
0: So I really like what I saw
1: from the Packers.
0: Tough game for the haters, too. Oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. He's only using this as a one-year, and he's getting out of there. And right after he completes the pass to Devontae Adams, who was kind of shocking, was in the game. After we almost watched his soul get sucked from his body when he got hit in the helmet and no helmet to helmet was called, of course. Terrible. 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 He goes into the blue tent. You blink. One play later, he's back in the game. Jeez, that's a quick concussion protocol test in there. How many fingers? You don't even have to answer that. Get back out there, bud. Then after a game, he said, oh, I'm built different. That's why I was able to Let's Relax. (laughs) You're not built different. You you think these guys that get concussions or have to leave games aren't as tough? It made zero sense to say that. But he's back in the game, and they leave him wide open twice. There's one guy you got to guard in that situation that Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking for. One guy that you can't let beat you. Like in a basketball game, double team his ass. Two catches, flawless down the field, never a doubt, spike. Perfect throws, perfect throws. Excited, celebratory, a yeah from Aaron Rodgers, all the faith yep. in the world in his kicker, and then he yep. goes crazy on the sideline. Yep, doesn't care. His head's out of it. He's looking at next year already. Well, didn't look like it. And he said as much to Pat McAfee. Tough day for the haters. Look, he's, he's, he's the smartest
1: guy in the room. He is sassy. He is condescending at times uh, to those who criticize him. He is a diva. He is brilliant. He's the best quarterback on the planet. Period. End of story with all due respect, to everybody. That's knock on Brady, who is the all-time greatest quarterback, but not the best quarterback right now. That's no knock on Patrick Mahomes, who's a terrific young quarterback, but not the best quarterback right now. Uh, that's nothing against uh, my guy Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, uh, anybody else you want in it. But the top of the heap right now, for me, and I'm going one quarterback, who would you take the win against? To me, the best quarterback in football right now is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And that's it. And that's all. And he's doing it now at this advanced age where he doesn't look. Maybe he's not quite as quick running out of the pocket anymore to scramble, but he'll still give you that big scramble. You know, unlike Brady, who the only thing he could do at that age was a quarterback sneak. Um, And will Rodgers run the way he did five, six, seven years ago? No. But he'll still run when he has to and give you a little scramble and get that first down, give you that football sticking out toward the sideline where the flag is. But he can still, does and makes every throw in the book as good or better uh, than anybody ever has. He is brilliant to watch. Is he you know, everybody's favorite guy? Is he everybody's cup of tea? Absolutely. If you're a Green Bay Packer fan. You wouldn't want to. I, I mean, if you're a Packer fan, you want you don't want this guy playing quarterback for you. You're nuts. Yeah, you got
0: to take the good you with gotta the bad. Find,
1: you got to find another team,
0: dude. Right. And do we like on this show ripping his ass because he can score more than three touchdowns in NFC championship games year after year after year. Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. Did we think they were going to get the red carpet rolled out and win a Super Bowl last year because they had a perfect path to get there? Yes. Did they? No. Did they score more than three touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No. But. (laughs) At home. At home. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. But that doesn't change the fact that he's the best quarterback. Just don't. If your life's on the line. If you think you're going to put the mortgage down, that Green Bay is going to get to the Super Bowl, just be careful. Take the team under. Take the game under. That's your best play at this point because that's just what he does, unfortunately. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's El Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. To Major League Baseball, we tease it at the top of the show. After 17 consecutive victories, the St. Louis Cardinals finally lost. But in doing so, winning 17 consecutive victories, your St. Louis Cardinals, Al, are in the postseason. (laughs) Who would have thought? A bounce back today,
1: came right back today, again, resting some starters. Who would have thought it is right? All year long, the Cardinals were a major disappointment. A lot of injuries, but everybody's got them. But a lot of injuries, starting pitching, uh, regulars, guys hurt here and there. The outfield, one guy after another banged up. No depth. And a bullpen that couldn't throw strikes to the point where They were leading the major leagues in walks. They were leading the major leagues in walking runs in. They were leading the major leagues in hit batters. It was ugly, ugly. Bottom of the barrel in the major leagues in OPS, slugging, home runs, you know, runs scored. It's awful. Floundering around 500. Brewers running and hiding. Two percent chance to make the the postseason. The one constant was Adam Wainwright. No matter how. Bad things went, you had Adam Wayne right there to stop a slide. You had Adam, Adam Wayne right there to give you not five innings or six innings, but seven, eight, nine innings. Slowly but surely, they started to get healthy. Because of the lack of depth, the Cardinals really, at times, were hitting. Six guys, because in the National League, obviously, you have the pitcher slot. Well, really, the first half of the year, they never had the three young outfielders healthy at the same time. The problem is, due to their total lack of depth, whoever they put in that fourth outfield spot literally hit about 160. Then slowly but surely, everybody got healthy. So it was the perfect storm. Goldschmidt had a huge September. O'Neill has been off the charts. Bader was player of the week. O'Neill's player of the month. Uh, Goldschmidt, fabulous. Aronado, solid. You know, Molina, same old cage. Uh, Sosa here and there with a clutch hit. Even some of the guys off the bench started to get a big walk or a big knock or a big defensive play. And it all fell into place. And all the others around them stumbled. So even though one of those games in a row... Know, they didn't just get catch everybody because all the other teams stumbled so badly. They blew by them. Because where they were situated when the other team's schedules, the amazing part about it, is they did it against when they lined up everybody's schedules of the potential wildcard teams. The Cardinals had the toughest schedule, along with San Diego. San Diego just wilted. But Philly and Cincinnati against incredibly weak schedules. Schedules fell apart. Absolutely fell apart. So the way the Cardinals played, you know, you would have thought one of those teams would have kept their head above water, and they would have gone down this last week battling that. But since they all fell apart, the Cardinals blew the field away, clinched a couple of nights ago, and now are on the verge of winning 90 games. They will have to face either the Giants or the Dodgers in a one-game playing game, which will be incredibly difficult because. They'll have to face either, you know, Mad Max or Gossman if the Giants fall apart, which I doubt. I hope it is because I despise the Giants. I would not like nothing better as a Cardinal fan than to see them fall apart down the stretch, lose the division, then have their season just ended in a heartbeat after 105 wins. Love to see it, but you know, chances are pretty slim right now that they're going to lose the division. But it would be great. So the Cardinals got a very tough road to hoe, regardless. But it has been a remarkable run. I'm thrilled. For the fans who stood by, me. I like the class the players showed uh, who said we sucked. Run said we were awful. We played awful baseball. It wasn't Cardinal baseball. It was tough to watch. And they stood by us. And they deserved this. And we're glad we could give it to them because the first half of the season, we just flat out stunk, which is basically what he and some other folks said. I think it's pretty cool. And now they're playing the kind of baseball that I like, which is defense, pitching attacking on the bases because I can't stand slow. I can't stand young slow guys. So I can't stand Paul DeYoung. I like guys who can run. I like guys who can attack. Bader, Sosa, O'Neal, Edmond are always threats to go. They're always looking to take extra bases. They're always looking to steal bases. So they're an exciting bunch. They're not just a station-to-station bunch. It's been a great ride. We'll see how long it goes into the postseason but, you know, as a Cardinal fan, I'm thrilled because it was a place I never thought
0: I would take. Be. It's been crazy for them. And it's nice now to get to relax slightly, rest some guys. It's not like they had to keep this winning streak going at to get to 22 and then have to play a wild card game. At right. that point, you're just due to lose. We know how right. baseball works. Right. No, I'm, I'm glad they got the loss under their got belt. the loss
1: under the weight. And a they bounced back the today. Okay. Look they are playoff tested
0: because they've been playing playoff games for a month. Yeah. And what do they have to lose at this point? If you play the Dodgers or Giants, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Nobody expected you to be here in the first place. You have nothing to lose. You're loose. It'll be exciting no matter who it is. Because while you're listening to this, there's not even a sense of us predicting because the rankings have been moving up and down. The standings have been shifting up and down every day in both races. But we do at least know it's Giants or Dodgers in the wild card game. People are pissed because they're going to be at 100 plus wins and they have to play a one game playoff. And I think we'll see that changed. I hope so. I mean, I've railed against it since it started. So have you one game to decide something in baseball is. Oh, well, remember Super
1: a few years too. ago, you know, the the, the Cardinals, the uh, the Cubs and the Pirates were the three playoff teams. Yep. And, you know, the Cardinals had to play the Cubs after they beat, we had the second-best record in the league, after they beat the Pirates in the one-game playing game. So I wasn't too happy about that, and the Cardinals lost in four. Um, But, you know, people go nuts this year, especially if the Dodgers, whoever loses, whoever loses they'll go nuts, right. it, especially if it's the Dodgers. And, you know, hopefully, you know, what I would like to see, you know as I would like to see six, the scenario I would like to say is until we expand, I would like to go to six teams, three wild cards, three division winners, top two division winners record-wise get buys, and then we eliminate the one and done altogether. The third division winner goes against number six. Four and five play each other. The threes, you can figure out the home away scenario. I don't want to have any teams not get a home game. Winners advance to three out of fives. I think it would be great. It would add a couple of playoff teams uh, where we have a total of 12 out of 30. I like those numbers. Would add an extra round in terms of games. I love the two out of three. I love the three out of five. I think it would be very cool.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And it's fair. And it wouldn't be overly watered down. Wouldn't be over the water. Now I understand a scenario where to keep teams playing hard, maybe you want to do a little a little factoring of uh, standings to determine whether or not a team gets a home game. So, for example, you know, in the three six round, you know, if you're more than fill in the blank seven, eight, ten games behind that three seed who's a division winner, you get no game at all. Just an idea. To reward the third division winner who didn't get a bye. And penalize number six, who's the last man in. Now, I don't ever like not getting a home game in a series. I I think it's unfair to the fans. because you play for the postseason, and if you have a series, it's not gonna be a one game deal. Your fans should get a chance, you know, if you go far enough in the series to see you. But you know, it would also take that scenario of well, you know, look, they won ninety five games and these guys won eighty games in the in. whatever the case may be. You know, if a team won so many more games than the other, let's say ten, you get no home games.
0: Just an idea. Dodgers will play the Brewers. Giants will play the Padres to decide their seasons. Padres trying to get a sweep just to finish above 500. Sweet Lord. Amazing. Amazing. Chase Taylor going to get fired? I mean, remember when we were busting Manny Machado, turning away the Dodgers and going to San Diego for all that money? Why would you want to go there? They never win anything. And then, how the fans acted the first half of the year—you would have swore this was a '98 Padres. I, 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 we said, shout out Trevor Hoffman. We, we said, a little bit of an early celebration. Yeah, and really getting a now. little
1: full of themselves, and that I do blame on the manager. You know, slam Diego, and you know, basically acting—you know—with the bad flip, nothing wrong with the bad flips, but you know, they basically acted like they were—you know—going to be running away with a postseason berth. Halfway through the season, yeah, and they just disappeared.
0: Horrible. And it wasn't like they they were losing guys to injuries. Big name. And everybody was there. Machado's uh, I, yelling I, at Tatis in the dugout, screaming I at each other. Think, oh, I just
1: think I think the ma- I don't think the manager did a good job controlling his team. No,
0: no.
1: I don't think he, good, he did a good job keeping them focused.
0: Stayed down there. on the matter
1: at hand, and they basically played the season like it was a hundred games long.
0: So you've got. Those two teams battling it out. Atlanta has won the division again four out of five years. The Brewers are in the central credit to Atlanta because they suffered some brutal injuries. It did losing mean, losing
1: Acuna. Who's one of the best players in the game. He was struggling at the time, but remember Azuna had an MVP like series season last year. They lost him very early on to Acuna. Obviously, the issues with the domestic violence. It's two-thirds of the outfield. Riley has had a magnificent season. They brought him in from left field, put him where he belongs at third base. He is over 300, 30-some-odd home runs, plus 100 RBIs, and playing a terrific third base. Ozzie albee has got over 100 RBIs. Their infields almost became the first infield to all have 30-plus home runs. They're not going to make it, doesn't look like it, da- unless Dansby Swanson, Dansby Swanson goes nuts. But, not nuts, but he you has know, three or four homers in the last three or four days, which I don't think he's gonna, probably going to rest some guys too. But the point is, they've been terrific. And they went out and they got Adam Duval and Soler from Kansas City, who have been outstanding for them. So kudos to the front office. Uh, they went out and cured some ales. They didn't do much if anything, at the trading deadline to help their pitching, and I still think they're starting pitching is spotty, but you know, every once in a while between Charlie Morton and you know, Mad Max the, their Mad Max the lefty, they can go out and throw a match. So they're dangerous. They are. In, in fact, I would I would pick them in an Atlanta Milwaukee series. Just so you know, mark
0: it down, America, so you can all pound the Bruins. Put that in the books. In the American the League, in great shape. Oh well, we you up, still cross down, your fingers. Up,
1: down, can't win, can't lose.
0: What a season!
1: Next thing you know, you're in the driver's seat in the wild card. The Red Sox can't beat the Orioles. You know, and now it's Red Sox, Mariners, Mariners. Jeez, Red Sox, Mariners. The Yankees got to be dancing in the aisles. When was the last time Seattle won
0: in New York? It's like playing Minnesota, <laughs>
1: You might as well be playing Texas.
0: You remember the 2001 Seattle Mariners? That's the big question, because Chris Russo does. Let's bring the doggie in to break it down. So the AL is yet to be decided. What we can tell you is Houston has won the West. The Chicago White Sox have won the Central. The AL has been won by the Rays, and it's going to come right down to the wire to see which of these four Yankees. Red Sox, Mariners, Blue Jays get the last two spots.
1: And, you know, we close on an old report note. Congratulations to my old manager who goes back to Chicago and becomes far and away the manager to manage the same team to the playoffs The furthest number of years apart, Tony LaRusso goes back to Chicago and manages the White Sox to a division title back in the playoffs after a 38 year absence, 1983. And they said, well, you know, a lot of young guys.
0: You know, predominantly Hispanic team. How is he going to relate? I guess he can still manage. Yeah, what a reversal of fortunes. From Remember one of his players quit because he showboated a home run and he dragged him through the coils. And his player is like, I, I'm done. Thanks, Tony. And everybody's like, he can't relate to the youth. Look what he's doing. He's old. He didn't know that rule that one game. He just didn't realize it. He's George Girard didn't,
1: didn't know a rule on it.
0: Meanwhile, George Girardi's going home, yeah.
1: and I love Joe. Excellent manager. And uh, the Hall of Famer, Tony La Russa, is back atop the division with the White Sox. And as we stay old, congratulations to Dusty Baker, who's won another division title. Still searching for that brass ring. Still hasn't won the World Series. But I guess the game hasn't passed Dusty by yet, hasn't. Not yet. Not yet. So much for the guys with the slide rules. So much for the guys with no experience. Chase Tankler, we'll see you later. Can manage your way out of a paper bag. The map manager, goodbye. Oh, what a joke. <laughs> He's awful. Rojas,
0: he is clueless. We saved you from the Brady versus Belichick talk, because you've been getting it everywhere on every sports. There's a reason. There's a method to our madness, folks. Every other outlet you listen to
1: every sports talk radio station on the planet. It's all they've talked about for four days. You don't need it from us. You've heard it everywhere else. Watch the game and see what happens. Listen to everybody else's storyline because there's nothing else for us to say.
0: You've heard it everywhere. Watch the game and see what happens. What a novel concept should be exciting. The exciting week in the NFL is always batting down the hatches. Hold on to your butts. If you're a fan of baseball, because the wild card is coming right down to the wire. Let's just hope the Yankees don't blow it out. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, my partner, the great John Tiny
1: Lund, I am El Renato, aka Alpha White Plans. This has been the best damn podcast anywhere. New report. Old report. Have a great sports weekend, everybody.